This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Jason LaCanfora. Welcome back. It's another episode of In the Huddle. Carl Dukes along with Jason LaCanfora and Brian Baldinger. He'll be on Thursday, guys, as we dive into week six. Jason? I don't know, man. The NFL right now is like, what is going on? I'm looking around. It's crazy. The Eagles-Cowboys game, let's start there because it was a a prove-it statement game for both of these teams. And I know Cooper Rush was playing, but the Eagles looked apart, didn't they? I mean, they're now 6-0, the only undefeated team in the NFL. And everybody said, oh, well, you know, Demarcus Lawrence last week. They hadn't played us. Okay, well, Demarcus, they played you guys now. Yeah. Look, I, I think my takeaway from that game is that the the NFC least is no more. I, <laughs> I've I covered that division for a long time. I've been a skeptic and someone who for years would say fade the Cowboys, fade the Giants. You know, their 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 brand and their market share isn't sort of commiserate with where they are as a franchise. But you know what, Dallas, there's no shame for me in in what they did, knowing that. They're playing with a limited quarterback. The game script couldn't have gone any worse. The Eagles do what they did, do everybody, dominate the second quarter. But Dallas didn't roll over and die. And and Dallas had, you know, they had a real chance in the second half. They had the Eagles back on their heels. And then credit the Eagles for returning volley and and winning that thing. Um, I still thought there could have been a backdoor cover there. Alas, there wasn't even (laughs) that for those scoring at home. Yes. Uh, But I think the Cowboys, you know, they can come out of that saying, if that's the bully in this division, we went to their place in prime time on a crazy weekend in Philly, right, where the Phillies do their thing and the Sixers and uh, the Flyers are about to start and that whole town is going sports crazy and it's a bonkers environment. You know, and 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 we gave them a fight. We gave them a game. We were in that thing without one of our best players who happens to play the quarterback position. So, look, the Giants are legit. Brian Dable, for me, is the NFL coach of the year mm. right now through the, the one-third point of the season. What they continue to do is is um, I think it's real. I don't think it's, it's going away. I did a lot of reporting on them this week for the Washington Post. People I know and trust in this league think the Giants are, are not just going to fade away. This isn't a fluke. Um, Washington stinks, but Dallas's defense is elite, and they're about to get their starting $40 million starting quarterback back, and the Eagles are the only undefeated team in football. So I, I say hats off to that division. Um, they're going to be a real factor in NFC playoff seating. 26-17, and Jason, I couldn't agree with you more because you got to figure Dak's not going to throw three interceptions, right, no. the next time they meet. 
and your defense did enough to keep you in the game. I totally agree. But let's talk about the, the, the Giants real quick because there are a bunch of teams that have won three straight. Bills being one of them, Jets, surprisingly, Titans, Chargers, and Giants. And what you just said about the Giants screams to what we always talk about, or at least I talk about all the time, and I know you do. Coaching matters. Oh, yeah. Are you telling me that this is the same team that Joe right. Judge, who am I? Who am I, Joe Judge, had? Yeah. And, and a year later, the same exact guys look this much different? I mean, how do you explain that except for the fact that, oh, hey, puppy, what's going on? <laughs> except for the fact that it's coaching. And this yeah. is all about Brian Dable. Well, it's Brian Dable. It's uh, Kafka, the offensive coordinator. It's Martindale. The defensive coordinator is the totality of that staff. Um, it's Brian Dable not trying to tell you how smart he is, not trying to reprove that I'm a great play caller. We already know Who that. Am I? Who we am know I? that. <laughs> we know that you can do that. But you know what? I'm going to let Kafka do that because game management is tough. And five of their six games have been one-score games. They've been behind by double digits at the half against Green Bay, entering the fourth quarter against Baltimore. And they make adjustments. They get better as the game goes on. They figure out what's working and what's not working. They're um, top three in the league, I think, in uh, offensive EPA in the second half, and they're 11th in the league in defensive EPA in the second half. That they're, They are adapting to situations and putting their players with a limited roster right. in positions to succeed. And it's, it, it's not a fluke. It's not happenstance. They're getting the job done. Dable has constructed his coaching staff in a way – that he can focus on in-game management and what decisions at a macro level help us win this contest. Daniel Jones is completing 70% of his passes. Like He looks really good because he has good coaching. And um, One of my buddies, a, a guy, Bobby DePaul, who was in the league forever as an evaluator, assistant GM, he coached under Joe Gibbs, he coached at the Bengals. He's done it all. Uh, he comes on my radio show every week and he, you know, he does evaluations for us. He watched a lot of Daniel Jones heading into that Ravens Giants game. And his comp was Ryan Tannehill when Ryan Tannehill got to Tennessee. Like when Ryan Tannehill got to Tennessee and got real coaches in a real scheme, big arm play action, use the legs, power running game, right? Barkley, kind of like Henry. He thinks you can win a lot of games and go to the playoffs with Daniel Jones. And we'll see if that's Brian Dable's ultimate answer at quarterback. But the Giants have a, a real good thing going, and it's not even their players yet. You're absolutely right. It's the leftovers from the Gettleman regime, and they're winning, and they're coming back on people despite having no wide receivers. It's crazy. I mean, it really is. It's in the huddle. Subscribe, guys. We give you new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Carl Dukes, put them up, along with Jason Lacanfora and, of course, Brian Baldinger. Every single week as we go inside of the NFL. All right, so you're talking about the teams that have won three straight. What about the teams that have lost three straight? Dolphins, we kind of know what's the deal there, uh, at least, you know, with Tua. Browns, Jags, and the Broncos. Now, I am shocked at what I'm seeing with the Broncos, and it's almost making me believe, Jason, Nathaniel Hackett can't no, hack it. No, he can't. He can't. And look, has he been dealt a weird hand? Sure. I think originally he was so attractive to George Payton, the GM there, because they were trying to, you know, they were trying to woo Aaron Rodgers, you know, and I think Hackett worked with Rodgers. And I think their original plan was, you know, to get Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, Rodgers, they keep throwing money at him in Green Bay. He decides to eventually take it. 
And so then quickly the Russell Wilson thing comes together. Um, the composition of Hackett's staff, not really like Brian Dable. You know, Hackett's got too much on his plate. Hackett doesn't have um, a bunch of guys who have done it before. Um, he doesn't have a Wink Martindale type. He, it's 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 a, it's a, the composition of the staff is a lot of young guys like him trying to kind of figure it out. Uh, he already had to bring in somebody to help him with in-game management. You know, that's something you could have done in the offseason or when you put your staff together in the first place. And the quarterback may be broken, and we'll find out the results of his MRI and what's up with Russ's hamstrings. But either way, um, he doesn't look good. But guess what? The one thing those owners have done, they didn't hire you. They inherited you. They didn't hire the guy who hired you, the GM. They inherited him. They gave the quarterback $200 million. So the quarterback <laughs> not going anywhere. Right. The quarterback had six or seven different places he could have gone. He chose Denver. They chose him. And they put a ring on it. This ain't no rental. So, yeah, I think they have big, big problems there. When you go from what that offense looked like in the first half to how it just completely fell apart across the board in the second half, the defense is playing great, but they're getting no help. It's not complimentary football. It's not smart in-game management. That's a team that has already in their DNA, we find ways to lose, which is crazy because Seattle always found ways to win with Russ, it seemed like, even when the chips were down. And Russ is a part of the problem, but again, he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. So I think Nathaniel Hackett's on borrowed time already. So let's stay in the NFC West because 49ers lose to the Falcons last week. Rams are three and three. 49ers three and three. Obviously, Seattle is three and three. And then here are the Cardinals two and four. All this conversation about the NFC West, this thing's a toss-up. This is anybody's yeah. division right now. It is. The 49ers, look, I, I, I thought they were about to go on a, on a run here. Uh, it was anything but that. The Falcons, I, I continued. They continue to prove me wrong. They continue to prove a lot of people wrong. Um, yeah, the 49ers started getting injured before that game, and it, it continued right on through. But that was an ass kicking, and I thought it was going to be the other way around. Um, Kyle Shanahan has is, is, is got some issues there on both sides of the ball. And, I mean, coming into the year, they had the best roster in that division, I thought. But they've now stumbled enough to – the Rams are still around, and the Rams don't look great. And the 49ers destroyed the Rams just a couple of weeks ago. But you're right, Carl. That thing probably will go down to the end. Um, I don't really buy anybody in that division right now as a Super Bowl threat. Now, will the Rams go and get Odell and do a couple other things and really change that roster by the deadline? I wouldn't rule it out, um, but all those teams have major issues. Uh, and for Seattle to hold Arizona to nine points, I mean, Seattle, you walk in the door, they're giving you 35. Like, they're just handing you 28, 35, right? You come in the door knowing you're going to score to the low 30s. Now, do we push it to 40? Do we go for a fitty burger? But they couldn't break 10. And now they're turning around on a short week against, again, a flawed Saints team. But – yeah, I, I think that division is is pretty disappointing. Uh, and look, Seattle's defense did show up in that game. And if they could get just a little bit better with Geno doing what he's doing, maybe they hang around. It, it's such a muddled mess. Yeah, it, it is. And while we're talking about the Cardinals, D-Hop back after the six-week suspension. Does he fix the Cardinals' offense? No. Um, he averaged 57 yards per game last year. Like he, it's not like he was Hercules last year. 
Um, and they lose Hollywood Brown, and they bring in Robbie Anderson, who brings a lot of baggage, and that's a weird, like, personality to inject into your receiver's room at this point in time. Jason, and, Jason, I thought that was a desperate move. I, I get the injury. Yes, I get the injury to, to Hollywood Brown. But you got a guy walking off the field basically cussing the coach out last oh, week. Yeah. They trade him, right? And I feel like Clint, uh, uh, Cliff Kingsbury is desperate to get oh, yeah. something going. So you just make this move, but I don't think it's yeah. a good culture fit. No, it's not, and it, it won't go well. Um, offensive line, better than it's been before, um, but they can't really run the ball, and they're beat up at the running back position. The defense, uh, look. They're getting good pressure rate. Um, they're starting to get some of these positionless defenders they've drafted to find their role, but they don't win football games. And I don't really think they know how to win football games. I think their culture is the more we play, the worse we get. And that's yeah. what it's been with them. As the sample size expands, uh, we get worse. I don't buy Cliff Kingsbury as a play caller. I don't buy him as an NFL head coach. I don't buy him as any sort of innovator. And Kyler Murray's got six passing touchdowns. I mean, it, it, you know, like it, it, it's it's not a real scheme. They don't fool anybody. No. You know, I, I, I who knows what this thing's going to look like Thursday. Um, although the under is five and one on Thursday night. And again, I don't buy either of these offenses. So make of that what you will. Um, yeah, if, I, I don't know. Like they just gave Cliff. We talked about it earlier in the, in the season. I wrote about it at the Washington Post in like week two. It's all all the chickens are coming home to roost, but like they paid both these guys, so I, I don't know what the Bidwells are going to do. Yeah, uh, but they got a big mess on their hands. I think you're right too about the under. By the way, boy, these Thursday night games have been terrible. Yeah. Oh, they've been completely awful. It's in the huddle. Subscribe, guys. Jason Lockonfora, Carl Dukes, Brian Baldinger. He'll be here on Thursday as we we'll look ahead to what's going to happen this weekend. And I, I got to tell you. Tom Brady going in on his offensive line, right? You see the footage. It goes viral. And then we find out, Jason. Oh, yeah. He's, he's at the craft wedding. Uh-huh. Right? He's yeah. not at the meetings. No. Yeah, it's Tom Brady. I mean, he can, he can be excused yeah. for these things. And then it comes back to him cussing out his offensive line. So what's the deal? And we talked about this earlier. I mean, it may have been three or four weeks ago when we talked about the fact that you said it, Baldy said, something's not right with yeah. the, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But is it as simplistic as Jensen being gone and, and Alex Kappa being gone and, and the old line is crap? I mean, it certainly has something to do with it, but you're right. When you're Tom Brady and you're the first guy in and you're the last guy to leave and you're working harder than everybody in the offseason – then you you do what you can get away with whatever you want. But when you're Tom Brady and you disappear for two, three weeks in the summer, because you gotta take go on a family vacation you promised or whatever, and you're kind of sort of practicing on Wednesday, but you're kind of sort of not, and then you're missing weekend work to go to your old boss, your old billionaire buddy's wedding on a Friday night in New York City, and then you're gonna you're gonna berate us Sunday in Pittsburgh. Well, we, we were in the building, brother. At least we were at all the meetings. We were at all the practices. Where were you? Um, and that's something I don't know that Tom Brady's ever dealt with before in a season of things he's never dealt with before. They can't crack 21 points with any regularity. Uh, they're ravaging three yards of carry on the run. So, like, running more ain't the answer, right? They tried to do it all pass happy. That didn't work. Now, in the last couple of weeks, they've tried to really reestablish Fournette, in part because of the offensive line. They can't do that. 
And the defense is good, but it's not otherworldly. Like, it's not it's not a defense that you're going to be able to win every week 17-14. It's not that. So I do think they have some problems. Um, it's a team that's all in for this year if you look at their salary cap. If you talk to anybody around the league who's looked at their contract situations and has looked at um, what next year looks like, it's, it's a total rebuild. I mean, they could try to say whatever they want, but it's a total rebuild. And I'm not sure it's going to be, you know, the, the Disney ending that – they all hope for. Um, will they get better as the season goes on? I mean, probably, right? Like, that's what they've done since Brady's been there. But with that offensive line, I also think he may be getting hit a little more than he's used to. You know, the rigors of the season, I think, might get to him in a way they haven't before. And he's a stone-cold assassin. He is completely calculated. He has a brilliant football mind. And if this keeps up for another four or five weeks, there's going to be a part of his brain that knows we ain't we ain't winning the Super Bowl. Like nope. this group, no, nope. we ain't we ain't we're not. We're gonna win three times in the playoffs, and then maybe once more in the Super Bowl. No, now the division might give him a subsidy. Although Atlanta's one bad call away possibly from already holding the tiebreaker in the in their back pocket. Instead, Tampa won that game, so it is what it is. But. I think he and Aaron Rodgers, I think this is going to be a season for both of them, unlike anything they're used to. Yeah, Rodgers, listen, the Devontae Adams situation, okay, where Rodgers basically says, hey, bro, I'm going to get my bag. You're not going to get yours. It's probably best you probably go somewhere else. And Devontae's like, cool, Yeah, was a terrible decision because vertically they're not doing anything down the field, right? And, And let me say this about Brady. It's the first time, and you're right, Jason, because in Brady's entire career in New England, if you watch, you know, the, the documentary, The Man in the Middle, or whatever it's called. Yeah, Man in the Arena. Man, man in the Arena. Yeah, 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 Man in the Arena. And Brady talks about knowing those special teams in those special years where you just, in the locker room, and we've been around enough locker rooms, we know, guys sense it. You don't say you're Super Bowl champions, but you go, we got a really good team, bro. We, we got a really good shot. And I'm looking at this Tampa team, and it's the first time in his career that I don't believe that football is first. Yeah. And it's hurting them. Yeah. And I can't get into the personal stuff we yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. But football is not first. And we're right. seeing it for the first time in his life, and it's affecting his football team. And so as much as we want to say Julio Jones is always hurt, and Julio Jones is always hurt, and we right. want to say Godwin is injured, and uh, you know uh, all these wide receivers are never there, he is hurting the team as well, and, and it's the first time we can say some of this, if not all, is on Brady, and we've never said that in 20 years. No, it's you're right. Um, and I think the way they're constructed right now, the lack of mobility, like if he could boot out, if he could do some things to alleviate some of the pressure on the O-line, but that, but that just is what it is at this stage of his career. I mean, we know what 45-year-old Tom Brady is. You're always tempting fate when you when you come back, you know, like the odds of it you going out on your terms diminish the older you get, the more bites at the apple you chase. Let's talk about the Vikings. It's Carl Dukes, Jason Lock on four. Subscribe, guys, like us. Make sure you get every episode Tuesdays and Thursdays. We release them. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. 
No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Vikings four-game win streak. I wasn't quite sure about Kevin O'Connell when they hired him. 36, 37 years old, and age is not an issue. I'm not an age discriminator. I'm always like, either you can do the job or you can't, right? right. Either you're Sean McVay or you're not. So, but they hire him, and I'm going, okay. They hire a new general manager. And I'm watching the Vikings, and I'm going, should I be believing what I'm seeing with this team? And here I'm watching Kirk Cousins again, Jason, and I'm going, oh, I'm not sure. Kirk Cousins looks good. Okay, what's the deal with the Vikings? Well, look, I I think Kevin O'Connell was a breath of fresh air. He's the anti-Mike Zimmer. He's going to empower players. He's going to give them a voice. He's not going to meddle. He's not going to micromanage. He's not going to be looking for every bad pass and every fault. At practice, as an as an you know an opportunity to scream at somebody, so they were. I, I like them to be better than a lot of people thought. I like them, you know, to win the division, uh, and I thought that you would see a, a team that sort of felt a little bit like unbridled and unshackled, and instead of looking over their shoulder when it's not going well early, you know, though, the, hey, it's a four quarter game. We, we still have time. We can go get this. And even last week against Miami, it was not a smooth operation in the first half, but they got the job done. Um, Kirk Cousins is like last in the NFL in yards per attempt. It's not about him and Jefferson all over the place. It's really about playing smart, winning football. They've got a, they've got a really good defense. And, you know, Dalvin Cook at any given moment can get it going. And I just think they're a, a – a, better managed football team. I think they're a more confident football team. Uh, And they're playing in a conference that's really flawed at a time when Green Bay looks like a window might be closing. Oh, yeah, and they already beat Green Bay early in the season. So, you know, the the worst-case scenario is a split. Do I think they're going to a Super Bowl? No. Do, do Do I think they're really special? No. But they have enough special players that on any given day, I think they could compete with anybody in the league. Um, And, like, injuries could be a factor. There's things that could happen. But much like Dable, I don't think they're falling off a cliff. I don't don't think they're, they're, you know, the other side is four straight losses or anything like that. I I think there's too much self-belief there um, and enough of a sort of bond and a camaraderie forming that – yeah, and I think a lot of this also is kind of like 
flipping the bird to Mike Zimmer every Sunday. <laughs> I believe it too. I think you're exactly right. Hey, before we go, let's talk about the other big game last week, which was Bill's Chiefs. Josh Allen, and this is what I recognized in this game. Uh, Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, when they had the fourth-round kid Joshua Williams on him, the corner, he's a fourth-rounder, Yeah, they went at it, right? Sure. Man, press coverage, they're throwing it at him, and I thought Josh Allen did a good job of recognizing that and trying to get the ball to his guys. But in a game on the road, and we said this, you win this game, Buffalo, you put yourself in a position to have home field if it comes down to that, which is why this game was so huge. But these teams are so close, right? I mean, to me, Jason, it's like – if that's a neutral site, I don't sure. know what happens. Right. But you go on the road and you win, and Bill's Mafia is crazy because this was one they had circled on the calendar, and then late in the game they made the plays that they needed to make. Well, look, the dirty little secret with the Kansas City Chiefs right now is Patrick Mahomes is bottom two quarterback in the league in fourth quarter passer rating. And that's where I think the Tyree kills you know, the lack of that guy. Like that point guard stuff through most of the game and – it's close, and, you know, all right, it's going to be a little juju. It's going to be a little Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Oh, you're open. I don't even know your name, but here you go. <laughs> but then, like, we get into the red zone, and we get into the fourth quarter, and it's money time. And if they really sell out to take Kelsey away, and they're just having a good day, and that Buffalo defense is damn good. The pass defense is damn good, and they're getting healthier, then what do we do? And two interceptions by Mahomes is the difference in the game. The Buffalo Bills having a legitimate top-flight defense for me and, and and being able to do that, to turn Mahomes over like that, is was the difference in the game. Kansas City isn't as balanced as Buffalo right now. They're not as good on the other side of the ball. But Spags did what I thought he would do, which is lay off some of that blitzing. Cover two, cover three, sit back there, make them dink and dunk. I love the first half under. That hit easy. Um, game flow was what I expected. And then who's going to make the plays in the red zone late? And it, it was Josh Allen. And it was the Buffalo Bills. And Kansas City's going to be fine because the rest of that division does nothing for me. So even though the Chiefs lost last week, I think they're winners. I mean, could the Raiders come out of the bye and look a little better than they did before? Maybe. But they got major issues defensively. Um, the Chargers are not a well-coached team. They're not a good team. They, they hold Justin Herbert back. It's shameful. And we already talked about Hackett and what a disaster that is. So I don't think the Chiefs are big losers by any stretch of the imagination in any way other than, like we said, now it goes through Orchard Park. It's a pretty good chance in late January you're going to Western New York to try to get back to a Super Bowl, and that might be a tough ask. Last but not least, Jason, quarterback controversy in New England. Come on. Come on, Zappy. Come on, Zappy's getting it done. It's a quarterback controversy, yeah. right? I, I think he. I don't. I don't think it is in Bill's mind. I, I think he's going with Bailey Zappy. The offense has opened up with Bailey Zappy. I think for so whatever too. reason, the tight ends are showing up who they paid a lot of money to. All of a sudden, they're a part of the offense now. His ability to run around a little bit to buy some time um, is helping them push the ball downfield a little bit more. And look. Mac Jones stunk early in the year. I mean, Mac Jones really cost him that game against the Ravens. He threw four jump balls, um, two of them the, the the Ravens came down with, including one right to Marlon Humphrey in the end zone. Like, if Mac Jones just scuds the ball a couple times, New England may have won that football game. So, no, I think Belichick's got a team that that has – now they've bounced back. 
They're right back in the mix. I mean, this kid came in cold at Lambeau Field and had Aaron Rodgers on the ropes. He did. He at played a time well. when Green Bay hadn't lost at home in 12 straight at that point or whatever. So, yeah. And that was with no prep all week. That was with nothing. That was getting tapped on the shoulder in the middle of the game and saying, hey, Hoyer's not coming back. You're the last guy here. It's either you or, you know, we try to get Edelman in here on the next thing smoking in time to play Wildcat quarterback for us and sign him to a contract. So I, I hats off to that kid. And I wasn't a huge Mac Jones guy to begin with. And I think Belichick is in the here and now, right now. He always has been. What what do I have to do this week to try to win this football game? Who gives us the best chance? Who who gives the most number of players on my team the opportunity to succeed on that side of the ball? They're playing good defense. They're running the football. I don't, I don't think Bill Belichick's in any rush to put Mac Jones back out there unless he sees evidence that, you know, warrants him to do so. Yeah, and Zappy, by the way, I mean, you can do this if you're New England because you don't have – well, it's Belichick. He does, does whatever the hell he wants. But you don't have the contractual requirements or the, uh, you know, the, the fulfillment to a quarter. Yeah. You're not paying Matt Jones $30 million. So if you wanted to make a change and you feel like this guy's playing better, and he is, to your point – I think you stay there. Guy hit me up uh, earlier in the week. He was like, I don't know, this Zappy. Zappy is winning and he's making the team better. So I I think you got to stay the course. Yeah, look, do I think Billy Zappy is the quarterback of the future, the New England Bears? I I don't know. I don't think we've seen enough to know. But we've seen enough to know there's no reason to bench him for that guy. You know what I mean? Uh, There's no reason to bench him for Matt Flippin' Jones. Like, nah, I'm going to ride this out. Yeah, I'm with you. Jason, great as always to see you and enjoy uh, your commentary, man, as always. Make sure you read his stuff, too, guys. We talk about it all the time in the Washington Post. In the huddle, subscribe. Make sure you like us. Click. Tell your friends. We do it every week as we go inside the NFL. Brian Baldinger will be with us. We'll talk about the games coming up on the weekend, kind of do a breakdown of what's been happening inside of uh, some of this play calling and everything that's going on. Jason, man, have a great day. Thank you You for checking us out, guys. It's in the huddle. Carl Dukes, Jason Lock on four. Have a great day.